Hello and welcome to episode one, again, of the Skewered Universe podcast. I'm your host, Jeff. I'm going to be your pilot through the black hole into the Skewered Universe. I've said that so many times over the last week in my head that it has now become something that I'm just going to say. I am joined on this first episode by my lovely co-host, sidekick, cohort, partner in crime. (laughs) I'm going to say eventual leader and I will be the lackey to your ruler of the world. I forgot. That's what we agreed on when we started seeing each other. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. This is... Leanne. Hi. Say hello to the nice people. (laughs) I'm Leanne. How are you? She is not a phone sex operator, but has the voice for one. I do. (laughs) All right. So first thing I want to do is I kind of want to address the reason why we're re-recording. A few audio issues with the previous program. So we're having to do this again. We're going to touch on some things. Like we did last time, even though you don't know what we talked about, it may sound a little bit like we're rehashing something. Just go with it. It's episode one. This is just for you to get a feel as to what's going to happen. Just sit back. I'm going to hit the autopilot. And we're going to go light speed through that black hole. So let's do this. Let's do it. Alright, so. We finally got to watch The Shape of Water. I was going to hold off on doing this for episode two, but I figured, you know what? If we're going to re-record episode one, we're going to start it off on a high note. That's a good place to start. So, most of you know the premise of the movie. There's a mute woman who works in this, was it a government research facility of Mm -hmm. sorts? They end up bringing in this amphibian man from South America, and... That's kind of where I'm going to stop. I don't okay. really want to go spoilers. So I'm going to tell you what me and probably a lot of people assumed about the movie. It would just be a lot of her masturbating in the <laughs> tub and her hooking up with this fish guy. Right. And that's the whole movie. And that's how you feel? That's how I did feel, yeah, before I saw it. Before you saw it, yeah. That's... I was a little worried. I love, I love the director. Don't get me wrong. However, it seemed like a very simple story. I heard a lot of that where people going, oh yeah, masturbating, fish sex, hey. And some sort of happily ever after. I've learned when it comes to Del Toro films not to really listen to public opinion too much and take advice from people you know who also enjoy the work of the lovely fat man from Mexico. <laughs> I he's brilliant. I feel I truly feel he's a director out of time. He's a classic film director in a modern era. This film really felt like if you would if he was able to make it back in say the 50s something similar it wouldn't have all the same effects but the story is one of those that you could easily see it being told way back then and he somehow makes a movie about her masturbating and hooking up with this fish man a very beautiful movie it wound up being very beautiful i really enjoyed it 
it was really, really good. I I loved it. I'm glad I bought it. Just so out of the many, blue. So many emotional levels. And it's it kind of had the same feel, in a sense, as Pan's Labyrinth. You were seeing a fairy tale sort of unfold. A non-conventional fairy tale. And I will say this. I don't feel the end of the movie was essentially a happy ending to to let me let me explain here <laughs> like you better not you better not tell everybody i'm not going to spoil it but i don't feel it's your traditional everything's wrapped up in a nice little package nice little bow happy ending and everyone's fine there was some real consequences to how it ended for certain people mm-hmm. and if you've seen the end of pan's labyrinth you'll kind of understand what I mean by there is a happy ending, but it's a sad happy ending. Yeah. It's beautifully sad and tragic, yet happy. That's that's where I'm going to stop it's right there. It's beautiful. Highly recommend it. It's 100% Skewered Universe approved. Yes. Go rent it. Go buy it. Yeah, I'm going to say this. If you're not a Del Toro fan, just don't even think about picking it up. Just move on. Go watch something else. If you don't enjoy any of his work, don't watch it because you're not going to like this. I think that's very safe to say. If you're someone who has some experience with Del Toro, maybe you've seen Hellboy, maybe you've seen one of his other films like Kronos, maybe Mimic. Start with his earlier films. Start with the earlier stuff, work up to this, Mm -hmm. and just know that it's not... It's not for everyone, but it's for every Del Toro fan. And there's surprisingly few masturbation scenes. Yeah, because the way I heard people talk, yeah. they said it was like a lot. They made it sound like it was an, a crazy amount. I was nervous. Yeah. But it wasn't a big deal. It made me feel like, despite her being mute and people kind of looking at her like there was something wrong with her, it gave her a little bit of normalcy. Like, you didn't feel she was different than anyone else. And I know that's weird to talk about because, oh, she was masturbating. But she had a routine, and that was part of her daily routine. Mm -hmm. I will say, I really liked the character of her neighbor. Yeah. I'm going to throw that in. I I love that actor, Richard Jenkins. Mm -hmm. I mean, as the dad and stepbrothers to John C. Riley's character. He was awesome. I loved him in Cabin in the Woods. There's so much he's done where I'm like, damn, this guy has been in a ton of movies I like. He's one of those actors. Exactly. You'll know his face, but you may not know his name. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely... It's it's definitely a, a movie any Del Toro fan should own. Absolutely. Add it to your collection. If you don't have any of his movies and you're a Del Toro fan... I'm going to ask you this blunt. What the fuck are you wasting time and not getting any of his movies? Seriously. Go check out Criterion. They have a collection of his films. I believe it's, was it Kronos, Devil's Backbone, and Pan's Labyrinth? I I think were the three. Yeah. Pick that up, especially if you can find it on one of their 50% off Criterion deals at Barnes & Noble. Well worth the money. Even full price for a Del Toro fan, it's worth it. But Shape of Water, see it, and like I said, if you're not, if you're not an artsy film kind of fan, because it's very heavily art, 
It's art. Mm-hmm. Don't don't bother. If you're someone that doesn't like movies that move kind of slow, it's not for you. It's it, I don't like slow movies. I'm one of those people, but I was interested the entire time. It draws you in. It really does. And there was a certain point I think I had to pause it for something, and I didn't realize we were so close to the end. Because mm-hmm. it's like a two-hour movie, but... Anyway, we're dwelling on this. See Shape of Water. Rent. Buy. Either one of those. Don't obtain it any other way. Make sure this guy gets his money. Mm-hmm. He won an Oscar for this fucking film. There's a reason he won an Oscar for it. Exactly. All right, so we got that out of the way. Yeah. We that also was... saw another movie recently. Yeah. Before we got to see that, we went to the theater, spoiled ourselves with a little AMC dine-in action. Is there any other way to watch a movie? <laughs> uh, not since we started going there, there no. isn't. No. I mean, the only other way would be if they opened an Alamo Draft House theater around us, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. Well, we got to check out the Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams, dark action comedy game night. Yeah. And, again, it was another another good movie. It was very good. It took turns that I didn't expect it to take. It went places I didn't know it was going to go. It was, it was all around pretty fun. Yeah, it's basically like the movie The Game, except... Funnier and better. Yeah. I haven't seen the game, but I know enough about that movie to know what you're referencing. We can add it to the list. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's there's a whole list of films going on for ones I haven't seen, for ones she hasn't seen, and ones we haven't seen together. Probably going to end up being some sort of feature here on the show. Yeah, that'd but be awesome. Game Night. It was, it was really fun. I mean, the premise is... How do we want to start? It's what Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams meet at a bar for a trivia night. They're on two opposing teams, and they're really competitive game players. And then from there, you just see their relationship kind of build as they're having game nights. They get married. They have friends over one night a week, and they're doing game nights. It's... It was a fun little premise to start. It was different than any other. Any I can't other movie think of I've another seen. movie similar to that. I mean, except Clue, I guess, kind of. Kind. I mean, maybe. I can't think of any other movie that's like that. Maybe I haven't seen Clue for a long time, so I'd have to go back and give that a rewatch. But yeah, so Jason Bateman's brother was named Brooks, I think comes back into the picture he's one of these like well to do does stuff with guys on wall street make lots of money drives fancy ass cars and shit and jason bateman's character is very much what jealous but kind of wants to be him yeah yeah well the guy's obnoxious yeah he's really a douchebag yeah so it's easy to hate him yeah because he doesn't deserve that type of life. He's not a likable character. <laughs> he really is At all. But he's one of those unlikable, charming assholes where you're like, mm-hmm. I don't like you, but 
you're okay to have around at times, it's one of those guys. So, I know who my favorite character is. Who's yours? <laughs> my favorite character... You know what? I'm going to have to say Jason Bateman, just because his character, I don't know, it was just... It was perfect, really. Yeah. He's a funny guy. He is. Without having to be the obnoxious funny. It's very realistic funny. Yeah, I'm, I'm always surprised by how funny he is. It just seems to come natural. Yeah, it does. So that's he mine. He seems Who's... very charming. <laughs> exactly, alright, so that was my favorite character in the movie. Mine is the next door neighbor. Gary. Gary, because <laughs> he used to be a part of the game night until he and his wife, that was also in game night, broke up. <laughs> he's so awkward and he's so weird and strange but he is so funny <laughs> and he's almost like he takes his job as a cop super seriously he like he's always in cop very mode seriously. yeah he's always in cop mode <laughs> like he's always wearing the uniform and they've referenced it once in the movie yeah. They saw him earlier in the day, yeah. later that night, and somebody goes, is he still wearing the fucking uniform? <laughs> it... <sighs> He's strange, but, you know, I like strange. So, Brooks, Jason Bateman's character's brother, comes back in, says he wants to host a game night, and he's going to set up this elaborate thing, the game night of all game nights. So they go over there, they're thinking, okay, we're just going to play board games, whatever, get in, get out, get on with our lives. Well, he sets up one of those murder mysteries, sort of like the game, just like you said earlier. Mm -hmm. And from there, shit goes south. Actors were supposed to show up, real kidnappers showed up. And but were they real? Were they fake? Nobody there really knew. Yeah. They're thinking it's fake. They're sitting there eating cheese and talking, drinking wine. <laughs> While Brooks is getting the shit kicked out of them, they're like, things oh. are happening. They're thinking, wow, this is really great. They're so convincing. It's so realistic. Then eventually they realize, oh, that was real. Shit. So they essentially have to figure out how to save him. Jason Bateman gets shot by his wife in the arm in the process. His wife is played by Rachel McAdams, like I said earlier. She's hilarious. She's got natural comedic timing, too. She really does. And she's gorgeous. Hey, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> it's win-win. I don't think she ages. No, of course not. She's just one of those that's like, you're going to look that way forever. Uh, no, she's in Hollywood. <laughs> Hey, she's around our age, so I don't think she's quite gone oh, under the knife age? yet. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, I'm not aging very well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Oh, please. Anyway, you're aging like a fine wine. Over here, it's like spoiled milk. <laughs> what does that say about my taste? <laughs> I like shit. No, no, no. I didn't say shit. I said spoiled milk. Yeah, that's. that's There's a just difference. As bad. They can smell. I close, have good but... taste, so just shut up. Yeah, it was a joke. No. 
See, this is what I deal with. I make a joke. She tells me it's not funny. I try to convince her it's funny. And then stone face. So yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. And there are times when he does actually make me laugh and I get really upset. <laughs> because Those I are the best times. Laugh. Those are the best times. Those are the best times. I swear. That's the greatest. Because I get a we little bit more satisfaction. No, no, no. We love each other. Okay. Okay. But anyway, so shit gets out of hand. They end up having to... Oh, oh no. I gotta talk about the dumbass character in the movie. Mm, yeah, he's entertaining. <laughs> I, You know what? This movie's been out for a little bit. So there's gonna be a few spoilers going on here. Yeah, I didn't spoil Shape of Water, but that's a different type of movie. This is a comedy so, and like I said, it's, I think it's been out long enough where we can spoil. This guy, I can't remember the character's name, and I don't want to pull it up right now, but he's he's a pretty boy dumbass, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Showing up to game night with all these different Snapchat or Instagram models, whatever, who just want to take selfies. <laughs> but he shows up to the most recent game night with this Irish woman from his work or whatever. And then what was he, he started talking about? Rich people pay homeless people yeah, to do run a hobo, fight club, hobo, hobo fight, fight club. club. Mm-hmm. Well, as you go through the movie, he's brought this up several times, and they're telling him you're an idiot. That's not real. That's not anything anyone does. Well, turns out they go to this mansion <laughs> where this rich guy was. That and I called it too. Yeah, they were like, "Where is everyone?" I was like, Hobo Fight Club. <laughs> they were downstairs, and it was Hobo Fight Club. They were in the mansion of this guy who had a Fabergé egg they were trying to get to try and save Jason Bateman's brother. That was the ransom, yeah, basically. Yeah, it was the ransom. Get this, bring it to us, we'll let your brother go. And this guy completely was losing his shit over Hobo Fight Club because it was real. <laughs> I was like, how... He turned out to know more than anyone else in the end because he called something else too, and I can't remember what it was. Well, there I don't was something give up else, too but much of it. yeah, we're, we'll leave it there. I mean, yeah. we haven't spoiled the end, no. and I'm not going to say who turns out to be the main villain. Yeah, because even I was surprised because I had no idea, mm-hmm. and my jaw hit the sticky, nasty floor of the theater <laughs> that's a good it was, it was it was all in my beard old popcorn and <laughs> bits of candy and urine and probably a condom who knows who knows <laughs> dried jizz or blood i don't know but i i would say see game night <laughs> either go to the theater if you can still find it rent it when it hits vod it's a fun watch get some friends together have a few drinks. Hell, watch the movie. Schedule your own game nights. Just don't go as far as they did, because that's fucking insane. But definitely make nachos. Yes. Nachos are definitely a plug. Nachos are good anytime. And nachos are definitely game night food. Absolutely. Hell, nachos are anytime food. We should make some nachos. We should. <laughs> Intermission. Alright, so yeah, uh, Game Night. Definitely another skewered universe approved movie to go see. Yeah. 
I think next maybe talk about some of the TV we've been watching. Mm-hmm. And not your regular network fair like Roseanne that just came back because I don't give a shit about that. I'm one of the few that's like I don't I don't have nostalgia for the show. I liked it growing up, don't need to revisit it. Don't need to see a new take on it. It's okay. It, to me it's kinda like Fuller House. I'm yeah. good, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to relive that. But let's uh let's talk a little bit about Santa Clarita diet. And the microphone fell. Oh no, it's cause he hits me. Beats me when no one's looking. <laughs> well, you know what? We're just no gonna, one believes me. We're gonna leave it in. I don't care. We're gonna leave that in. I'm just trying to fix it here a bit. You probably heard a squeak. I don't care. This is raw podcasting at its finest, people. In the raw. Yep. Just like how I like to uh, have my man horse. Yeah. I was gonna say hobo sex, but. Yeah, Hobo Sex Club. Mm-hmm. First rule, everyone talks about Hobo Sex Club. Anyway, after our little mishap with the microphone, Santa Clarita Diet. That's what we were going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, we saw season one last year. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was very surprisingly funny. We heard about it. We got to it a little later than everyone else because it got hyped. Lots of people were saying, oh, it's really good, it's really good. And I tend to steer away from that right away because sometimes it ends up not being for me. But we got in and we binged that first season, I think, over a weekend. Yeah, you and I are the same when it comes to that. There's too much hype. But, yeah, no, we binge-watched it and enjoyed every minute of it. And we're excited to see when... Season 2 would come out. Lo and behold, a couple weeks ago, it comes out. We ended up finishing it, I think, last weekend. Yeah, we binge-watched it again. We binge-watched it, season 2, and immediately we're like, oh, that's it? Damn. I know, we got to the last episode, and I was like, wait, what? Aww. We didn't even realize it was the last one. No. But The story was so good that we got so caught up in it. That we didn't realize just how much we had watched. Exactly. And the first season was really good. Really clever. The dynamic between Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant and the actress who plays their daughter is believable. I mean, for a show about a woman who ends up being undead. I feel like they're a very honest family. Not, yeah. not honest like with each other, clearly. But, I mean, honest as in... They represent how an actual family would be. Exactly. They're, they have problems. All families have problems. Yeah. I and appreciated that. Season two, they really kind of expand on that. Yeah. They go a little bit further into the problems. I mean, at one point they're talking about, we're trying to keep the family together. And the daughter's like, wait, what do you mean keep it together? So she has no idea yeah. how stressed out they are. And it's it's a realistic situation in the middle of this show about a woman who is the undead and it's eats people a season two i don't want to give any spoilers because it's still fairly new people are still going and watching it it's it's fun i would say it's probably just as good if not better than the first season yeah yeah i agree completely 
And I didn't think Drew Barrymore was going to be good in this role, but... Neither did I. It seems to come natural. Not the I undead th- part, but the, the, <laughs> the mom with the daughter and the husband and just the way she lives. Well, I've always seen her as perfect. She's got a perfect personality. She's quirky. She's pretty. She, to me, she's been hyped. Big time. So I've kind of lost interest in her until I started watching Santa Clarita Diet. Mm-hmm. She is so funny. It's ridiculous. She's hilarious. It's great. It's it's a breath of fresh air. It really is. If anyone got tired of her, give this show a watch because this is a different Drew Barrymore than you're used to. And you know what's so funny is uh, our neighbor... Her opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> I was reading trivia on the show, and let me let me say first, our neighbor was asking me while I was over trying to help her with her computer and TV and stuff because she's older and doesn't get technology. So I'm her personal tech guru, even though I don't really know as much as she thinks I do, but I know enough to get the shit solved. I think a lot of our listeners are going to identify with that. I think so. (laughs) If you have parents who don't understand technology, (laughs) siblings, neighbors, friends, whatever, you feel my pain. Anyway, she was asking me if there was anything new on Netflix, and I gave the standard answer of, oh, I haven't really checked. No, we check all the time. Yeah, (laughs) we're always checking, but I was like, eh, I don't want to tell her what I watch, because some of the shit isn't... You know, what normies would like. <laughs> we'll find the most random-ass thing to find watch on Netflix that's horror or just gory or whatever. So she said, oh, there's that Santa Clarita diet show with Drew Barrymore. And I think she's just getting too chubby. <laughs> Even though she still looks like a model. She's still gorgeous. And it's funny, because <laughs> after that, after we had watched, I started reading trivia... And apparently one of the things was she is, I believe, either vegan or vegetarian. I don't remember. So just before they were filming, I think season one, she had lost like 40 pounds. Or it was during the filming, she had ended up losing 40 pounds. Wow. Because of this whole diet she was on for vegan, vegetarian, whatever it was. I'm not going to look it up to tell you guys. You can look it up. IMDb, come on. And they said it worked perfect for the show since the character went to an all-protein diet, essentially. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of was the, my neighbor saying, oh, she's kind of chubby. I'm like, no, she's still got, like, the face that's kind of roundish, but she, the thing is, that's just her face. Women that's mature. her. Yeah. We go through different stages, and she is in a mommy stage. Yeah. So her... Her bone structure might look a little different. Yeah. She's in no way chubbier. No, no. And actually, I was impressed in that one scene where she was running, chasing the rabbit. Yeah. Because that was her running. They didn't have a double. They showed really? shots. It was her, yeah. Yeah, that was insane. Like, damn. She can move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of the other things I read was she was pretty much done with acting. Was going to stay home with her family... Just kind of retire from it and decide if she wanted to go back later, maybe. The writers and creators of this show wrote the character of, I think it's Sheila? 
Yeah. With her in mind, they wanted her for this from the beginning. Approached her, gave her the script, and she read it, then felt bad because she knew she had to do this. Oh. And that if she didn't do it, she'd be passing up a huge opportunity. Yeah. She was like, I'll put that aside to do this show. That's awesome. And I was like, that's that's so cool. That she was like, I have to do this. It's it's worked out for her. Yeah, and like I said, her and Timothy Oliphant just they play off each other so well. Him just his nerves are so shot. By the middle of season two. <laughs> but then at the end, he seems to kind of be a little more at ease with everything when they're kind of figuring out a game plan. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> another one that kind of goes a little off the rails towards the end, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It takes a turn where you're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that in season one, we got Nathan Fillion as Gary... Very womanizing piece of shit. I love the fact that, and you know what? Minor spoiler in a way. We get Gary again. Mm-hmm. And it is so fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it because it just added a little bit something extra. <laughs> He's very good at doing that. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm all in. I'm all in. Let's do it. And... Then it was over, and we were like, oh. So we're hoping for a season three. I don't know if there's going to be one yet. I'll assume there will be. It seems like lots of people are watching it. Well, again, uh, talking about not being sure about season three, or... Upcoming seasons. Upcoming Renewed seasons, seasons. For Rick and Morty. Yeah, season four. Not sure yet. Uh, a buddy of mine, who does another podcast... Uh, works in TV. A friend of mine, Brian, and he was posting... It was about a week ago, he said, TV shows usually don't get picked up or renewed for a new season until sometime in May, so everyone needs to calm down. So apparently the fanboys are losing their mind. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been talking about it, but what I heard was that they were still negotiating because they felt like they weren't getting the amount they deserved. Right, and so, that's what you told me. That Yeah, that might be... Yeah, because I hadn't read anything because I didn't want to read completely biased articles one way about mm-hmm. we need to show and the creators need to get off their asses, blah, blah, blah. I didn't want to read it from the other side of the people who were like, this show needs to go away, its fans are the, you know, the most deplorable people on the planet, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because apparently it's very divisive. You either like the show... Or you hate the show, and you hate anyone who talks about the show. Jesus. Yeah, they're like, oh, they're they're quoting the show, and they're fucking stupid. I'm like, people like what they like. If you don't like it, there you go. Enough there you said. Go. You don't like it. There are shows I don't like. I'm not gonna. Cri- okay. No, let me take <laughs> that back. Let me let me back up a bit. There are certain shows I don't like that I don't hold judgment against other people if they like them. But there are certain shows where I feel that fan base might not be as intelligent as some of us. And some of those people I know, they are friends of mine, I do not put them down. 
to their face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really talk shit about my to friends me, behind he talks their back. Tons of shit. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's certain ones where I'm like, hey, if that's what you like, it's kind of a stupid show. I don't really think it's one that can expand your mind. Although I watch mindless shit too. When all you watch is reality TV, like The Real Housewives or whatever other, you know, Married in 60 Seconds or, you know, we just met at Starbucks, let's have a baby. Mm-hmm. I don't get that type of show watching. Yeah. And I never understood things like toddlers and tiaras or anything like that. I'm like, okay, let's exploit children for the sake of a TV show. That's not fucked up at all. But, anyway, yeah, the the Rick and Morty thing is just weird, because people are like, we need it now. And immediately I was like, it's an animated show. It's not like a live-action TV show where you can get the cast in there, film a few episodes, get them in the can, and send them out. It takes time. It takes time. There's not only the concept art of what you're going to put into that season, you have to draw everything out. It has to be animated. Storyboarded. Storyboarded. You're doing table reads. You're doing voice recording. You're going in and doing ADR. You may have to do re-recordings. You're adding sound effects. There's a lot that goes into that. So it's not just like they can go, ah, two weeks and we're done. Episodes of Family Guy take months for one episode. So when they're like, oh... The new season premieres, they're already working on like the next two seasons to go ahead. Same with any of those animated shows. So, to anyone listening that is crazy because Rick and Morty season four hasn't been picked up yet, calm down. Calm your tits. <laughs> calm your tits. Go soak your balls in some warm water. <laughs> You know, get in your tub and masturbate if you got to. Hey, if you have a fishman available, hey, go for it. You know, wow, wow, wow. Just relax. If it doesn't get picked up by Cartoon Network to be an Adult Swim, there's plenty of other services that can pick it up. Netflix has picked up shows that were canceled. Arrested Development. Fox booted it. Fans wanted it. Netflix gave gave us another season. There you go. So, there's always options out there. It's probably going to get a season four on Adult Swim. So just relax. It's t- it's almost definite to me. I mean, it won't hit probably till sometime in 2019. But Which is a bummer. It's a bummer, it's but a it's show. understandable. Yeah. I like it. It's fun, and it's twisted and fucked up. It really is. And there's a lot of references. And the fact that Rick and Morty are basically a skewed version of Doc and Marty from Back to the Future is is cool. I, I like the show. I'm not going to go crazy over the fact that season four hasn't been picked up. When I first heard the news, I was like, damn, that sucks that they don't know yet. But, hey, things happen. If it doesn't get picked up by them, it'll get picked up by somebody else. I mean, you got Netflix, you got Hulu... Uh, Amazon? Amazon. I was trying to think, and I'm like, oh, that, like, oh, 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 Yeah, Amazon. I mean, even even YouTube. With their YouTube Red, they got original stuff on there. That's it could right. go there. Yeah. And it could be completely uncensored. So you have to think. You only get the uncensored versions 
when it hits streaming services where you can buy it or you buy it on DVD or Blu-ray. It's not uncensored on TV, so think about that. If it hits another streaming service like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, YouTube, it's going to be uncensored 100%, and they might be able to push it even a little bit more. Well, they, they're so, already doing that with another show we like, which is Big Mouth. Yes. I love it, love it, <laughs> love it. It is so funny, but so raunchy. It really is. It really is. I mean... Older it, people, don't even attempt it, because you're going to hate it. Yeah, I mean, I'm 38, and I have the sense of humor of a 15-year-old, so I loved it. Three seconds in, my mom said, What? I don't don't think that's a good what (laughs) yeah I mean in episode one one of the characters sees his friend's dick yeah and these are what junior high age kids elementary school junior high yeah some of them are just starting to go through puberty some of them are not quite there yet so it runs the gamut just like real life some of your friends (laughs) went through puberty before you did some of them went way after. But it also has, it has enough vulgarity that it's funny, but it also has, uh, like, the one episode where Jessie discovers her vagina. Yeah. And it shows, I mean, she's a child, and it shows her vagina, and it's somehow sex positive. It was, it was a pretty good episode. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, God, they're showing us an animated child's vagina. It wasn't gross. It, it was, was classy, I think. Yeah. I mean, her vagina is very friendly. And you know who did the voice of her vagina? Um, no. Kristen Wiig from Saturday Night Live. No way. Yep. Well, perfect. Which, and this is going to sound weird, it fits because she's kind of spunky and her vagina was kind of a spunky voice. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> but it was. It's everything about it, it approaches puberty from the mindset of a child even exactly. though these are full grown comedians like John Mulaney, Nick Kroll oh shit um, but it, it, it also so shows that you know kids are so I don't want to say misinformed because that's not correct their minds are so they're naive to what's happening they're so clueless about life mm-hmm. so their understanding of body parts it's hilarious, because they're like, kids don't know what they're talking about. Exactly. It's just so funny to me. I love it. I mean, I I love the... Oh, I can't remember his name. The character whose dad is an attorney, uh, and he's I, the I aspiring magician. Yeah. <sighs> his family is so fucked up. Yeah, they really are. But he is somehow <laughs> one of the more lovable characters. Exactly. He's this over-the-top, like talking about sex all the time he fucks, he his, fucks pillow. his pillow yeah he fucks his bath mat yeah yeah <laughs> his nasty moldy mildew <laughs> infested bath mat but somehow you're like okay jay jay there is his go. name <laughs> but he at least he's honest about who he is exactly he's he puts himself out there you know what that's one thing i'll say about all the characters they're very much honest there's not really any of them that are except for the one guy oh that was the episode where the guy was making moves on nick's sister oh yeah that's right the, and he was the a head, head pusher, pusher. <laughs> trying Jeez. to get her to go down and was pushing her head she's like no 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 
And he's one of those actor types. He's the drama guy, but he's really a a fucking douchebag. Yeah. And he got called out on his shit, and that was great. Because it was a very positive thing. Like, hey, you don't have to put up with this shit. Mm -hmm. And even the guys were like, dude, you're an asshole. Yep. And everyone turned their back on him, and the popular guy wasn't so popular. Yep. So it's got a very strong message, like, hey, this is funny, what's happening, it's kind of funny, over the top, but as a female, you don't have to put up with these asshole guys doing this shit. You can say no, and if there's friends around, you go go put his shit on blast. And even identifying what is going over over the line, you know? Exactly. Because there's that a huge gray line between what's acceptable to a person and what isn't acceptable to a person. And it tells you straight up, if, if a chick is telling you she doesn't want to do that and you're pushing her head, it's a problem. Exactly. That is a problem. Exactly. Because some guys don't understand that that's a problem. No. And I'm sure there are probably women, hell, maybe even guys, who like that kind of shit when they're some in the heat do. of the moment. Some, some do, do, some don't. If they don't, don't fucking do it. There's also We've somehow the... gotten to a serious talk from Big Mouth. Well, I was going to move off of that. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the episode where Jesse gets her period for the first time. Oh, my God. And uh, it's a class field trip to the uh, Statue, Statue of Liberty. Liberty. And she winds up getting her period wearing these white shorts. And yeah. all the horror that goes along <laughs> with that. How humiliating that is. It's oh. awful. But it it covers realness but makes it hilarious. And vulgar, which makes it more hilarious. Exactly. And you get to see just how close these friends are when... What's his, is his name... Is it Andrew? Uh, yeah, one of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the friend that was helping her. It was like, what do you want me to do? She's like, get in here. He do. didn't know. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> He's like, do you want me to get an adult or Coach Steve? Now, Coach Steve is the guy who is... Ch- <laughs> he's the P- the gym coach, but he's he's retarded. an idiot. He's retarded. He's retarded, but I he's kind of no lovable. But... He's lovable, but you're like, he's definitely a simpleton. Yeah, he, he's missing brain cells. Like, he takes hints completely the wrong way. He takes them all positive. Yeah. Everything is Everything good. Everything is positive. The cops were like, eh, we're going to keep you here for questioning. It's like, cool, a hang sesh. All right. It's like, <laughs> you're being questioned about possibly being a murderer. But yeah, that episode was so... It was really... It was really positive, kind of showing like, hey, this is probably what happened to a lot of you. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not a show you want to show kids. You can look at it and be like, oh, it's cute animation in the thumbnail. Do not let your kids I mean, under a certain age watch it. Older kids. Older kids, like if, 16 if, and up. As a parent, fine. if you think that your teenager can handle Big Mouth, go for it. Because some kids are more mature than others. However, do I think a five-year-old should be watching it? Absolutely not. No. They're not ready for that yet. Well, our friends, their son, Devin. Oh, that's right. Well, he's... He's, he's one of those that's He's more, more mature. mature. <laughs> even though he still has his kid moments, even though he's... Oh, what is he, 15? I don't know. He's in high school or 15. He's now. in high school, and it, Eddie and I both go, man, we feel <laughs> old. But 
But he's mature enough where he could watch it, and he'd be like, "This is funny." He's and it's gross, yeah, but it's grew funny. Up, uh, he grew up hanging around with mostly adults, right? I think that's what yeah. his mom said. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, how I grew and, up too. Yeah, so he he's just more mature. Yeah. But then we also get online and play GTA, and it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's a fun And when kid. we go over there, we hear him playing games with his friends online. He pretty much runs the show with his friends on there. <laughs> <laughs> he's funny but, to listen to. But yeah, he's one that I think so can yeah, watch he's, it. He's 15-ish, and uh, he's pretty mature. I would say he could watch it. Oh, Definitely. yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's hitting my jewel vein, and... I hit it a little too hard. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, it's a bad joke. I know people. But yeah, I I would say Big Mouth is definitely a recommend. If you like raunchy humor and don't mind... A vagina in your face. Yeah, and foul mouth kids and a hormone monster who has a bag of dicks. Yes, one that is Jewish. Yes, as I pointed out in the initial recording of this episode... <laughs> Which is lost to time. We had so many funny things in there. Oh, it was man. Real, it was a real bummer. You know what, though? I'm glad I got that lost episode out of the way right away. Yeah, Because there now, are so many podcasts that I listen to mm-hmm. that have had that happen. And if you don't experience it, you think, oh, well, they had to record it again. Not a big deal. It is a big deal. It's not just time you spent recording it. It's that rapport. It's the jokes you make. It's... Spur of the moment stuff that you can't get back. You exactly. Can, you can re-record, but you're not going to get that magic back. So we now understand that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. It was. The it was a pain in your eyes. It was. Ugh. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> we had recorded just over an hour, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to drop it in. I'm going to paste my intro and outro music, and then I saved it." And it all I hear is no, no, save. no, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> and just like that. Gone. Gone. Very sad. R.I.P. Yeah. But I think we have a more concise episode going right now. Absolutely. But like I said, this isn't going to be the format of every show necessarily. Oh, yeah. I forgot this that is... we supposed to cover what we're going to be covering as a podcast. Well, you know, so, that's... You know, that's reviews, movie yeah. reviews, games. Movie reviews, games, uh, TV shows that we see. Main, mainly Netflix. We're mm-hmm. not huge network TV people. No. Voodoo is good, though. Voodoo is good. We've got a huge Voodoo library. Luckily, a friend of mine hooked me up. We have a shared library, and it's awesome. So, Brian, thank you. That was cool. I appreciate it. And there's so many... Yay. So, <laughs> so many movies in there that I haven't seen. And so many that I just like to throw on because I have seen them and I love them. Like Frankenhooker. Oh, yes, Frankenhooker. Which I love. And I put the Blu-ray in my Best Buy Save for Later list because it's only fourteen ninety nine. <laughs> I believe it's an Air- It's either an Arrow or a Vestron video release. So I'm pretty sure there's going to be some decent extra features on there, which yeah, would be cool to check means, out. I don't know but it sounds fancy. Uh, Arrow, Vestron, Synapse Films, Vinegar Syndrome, and Shout Factory are these labels that take these movies that might be obscure or maybe they just don't have releases with any sort of features. They're very bare bones, like, hey, here's a trailer, a TV spot, and the movie. Yeah. They'll remaster, uh, get 
sometimes even get brand new features to throw in and get collections of features from other releases. Like, I have the Scream Factory Halloween movie series box set, mm-hmm. which has features from a whole bunch of different releases that they were able to get the rights to and compile. And it's awesome. They're they're not quite as pricey as Criterion, which is like the elite of restoration films across the board. Not just horror. I mean, classic westerns and all that. But these are companies that enjoy film and want to restore them and bring a new light to some of these more obscure ones. And that's how it should be. It is. Because I love movies. And I love when movies get a proper release. Agreed. On Blu-ray with extra features. Especially when you have documentaries where you can go in and kind of see how the movie was made or see how the, the franchise came to be what it is. I forgot what we even got onto this for. Oh, because we were talking we're about... Talking about different things that we're going to cover. Yeah. yeah. So I think sometimes we'll go over movies that maybe you haven't seen that I've recommended to you. Mm-hmm. We'll get your honest opinion. Mm-hmm. Vice versa, movies you've recommended to me, I'll give my honest opinion. Mm-hmm. Even though the majority of the movies you've recommended, I've ended up really, really enjoying. Yeah, but however, you have Deadpool, and you have <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. I, I Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't know anything about it, so I watched the second one, and I enjoyed it. But I didn't know about the characters' backstories, so I didn't really understand what was going on. So I went and watched the first one, went back and watched the second one, and I was like, oh, okay, this is an awesome movie. Wound up loving it. I think we saw it in theaters three times? Yeah, part two we saw three times in theaters. Yeah, and then with uh, Deadpool, I refused to see it for a very long time. Um, I'm not a fan of Ryan Reynolds. Okay, I, I like Ryan Reynolds as a person, as an actor, eh, not so much, because he has, he's too what I call quippy. He's, he's got to come back for everything, right on the nose. It's like, that isn't normal, okay? And just, I'm not as <laughs> quick-minded as he is, and it gets me frustrated. <laughs> I, can't, can't, I can't keep up. But then I watched it, and it was really good. I really liked it. It was a little more quippy than I would prefer. However, it was still really good. Well, that it, scene where he... Oh, can I get stuff away? The yeah. scene where they... Sh- well, multiple scenes where they show him being tortured. Holy shitballs! That was intense. Yeah. And the whole time, being a smartass. Well, yeah. And it's like... It just boggles my mind. And then he was also in... Life. Life. The sci-fi horror. And which I didn't want to see because he was in it and I thought he's going to steal the show. He's going to be the main guy. He's going to be super quippy. He was none of those things. And I think it's safe to say he dies in the movie and he dies fairly early. And man, I love me some death scenes. I'm all about death scenes. Mm -hmm. I'm morbid. That's just how I am. (laughs) This particular death scene is one of my favorites. I'm going to say it's my favorite. It was really good. It was intense. It was realistic. Creepy. And see, I hadn't seen him do any real dramatic roles. And he was still a little of a smartass in life. A little bit. He had his moments, but when he had to get serious and was like, 
you need to let me in there because that guy's going to die. We got to get him out. It showed that he has more than just, hey, I'm like Van Wilder in real life. I'm quippy and a smartass. Yeah. There's more to him as an actor. I was very impressed. There's a movie called Buried that he's in that I've heard. Basically him buried in a coffin with a cell phone for basically the entire film. Ooh. And people have said that that's where you really see that he's got the chops as an actor. I've never even heard of that movie. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Well, now we have it's to add it to the one we have. List. Yeah, we're going to put it on the list. I would put it in a reminder, but we're making a podcast, so it's fine. Yeah, well, I'll remember because I know it's one that I want to see. Yeah. I wanted to see it when it came out, but it didn't really get a wide release. Yeah. It was a, it was a smaller release. Yeah. But he was essentially born to play Deadpool. Yeah. Because I didn't know much about Deadpool going into the movie. I kind of knew a little of the history where in the comics, he I think he was made as sort of a, a parody of a DC character called Deathstroke, whose name is Slade Wilson. Deadpool's name is Wade Wilson, so it's kind of a like, hey, we'll just kind of make fun of that character. And he's been called the Merc with a Mouth, because the character is a smartass in the comics, constantly breaks the fourth wall, talking to the reader. They do it in the movie perfectly. Yeah, they do. And I'm really excited for Deadpool, too. <laughs> I know you're probably not. <laughs> no, not really. I'll, I'll watch it eventually. Terry Crews. Oh, God damn it. Terry fucking Crews. I love him. Playing a superhero. We finally get... This giant muscle-bound man. But is his junk gonna be, like? What's his outfit gonna be like? Oh, it looks his like junk is it scary. Looks more like a combat outfit. Like, okay, thank you. I was like, imagining lots of spandex. Like a tactical superhero outfit, okay. not not like your traditional like. Superman hey, I'm wearing spandex <laughs> and I can fly. No, it's like a okay, very good. tactical feel. Uh, I'll I'll still wait. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I would love for there to be a moment where he just goes, making my way downtown. <laughs> I would, would love that. Amazing. You know what? But, because it's Deadpool, I would not, I wouldn't, uh, what's the... Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the phrase that people say, I wouldn't oh. blanket pass them. I wouldn't put it past them? Put it past them, thank yeah. you. It's all right, it's, it's... A Saturday night at ten thirteen California time, so plus we're in Pacific California, time. and I smoked ahead of time, so it's legal, by the way. Yep, recreationally and medicinally, which I do have my medical card. We both do, as a matter of fact. Speaking of disjointed, disjointed <laughs> on Netflix, which we will not get a part three, oh, apparently. Heartbreaking. I guess it didn't do that well, or they just didn't feel it fit. I don't know. Bummer. I'm hoping maybe one of the other services sees that it's a good show and will maybe pick it up. It was very clever. But, man, Kathy Bates. She's so funny. She was... It's just a funny show. It's got It's got all the different types of stoners that you can think of. <laughs> you got the hippie stoner, you got the... Soccer mom stoner, you've got the PTSD stoner, you've got the dipshit stoners. Mm -hmm. you, know. you have your traditional, uh, 
what would you call Pete? Your oh, semi hippie. Oh no, well, actually, he was from like a, a compound. A compound in the woods. <laughs> yeah. And he's all about out. Mother Nature. He actually yeah. has a relationship with the spiritual embodiment of marijuana. Which turns out to not be plant. so good. <laughs> because he ends up name? being She's... Mary Jane. No, what is her? the actress? Oh, name? Missy Pyle. Missy Pyle. She's one of those women that she's one of those. Guys, she's another character you know? actress that you'll yeah. know. You'll be like, oh yeah, you'll Again, see her face. She's gorgeous, and she's hilarious. She's really good in whatever she does. She she's very good. Even uh, the remake, essentially the Tim Burton version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I don't remember it. It was all right. It wasn't my favorite. I I like the Gene Wilder one now. As a kid, I hated it because the Oompa Loompas are fucking scary. <laughs> Little orange dudes, green hair, it's fucking creepy. And the tunnel ride is mm-hmm. an acid trip for a child. Anyone who doesn't know what acid is like, watch that scene. That's an acid trip. I'm assuming. Anyone that loves Gene Wilder will <sighs> will respectfully not watch the. Yeah. Tim Burton one. I watched it out of curiosity. I went to the theater with a buddy of mine. We were like, yeah, let's go check it out. We were like, well, it's a movie. It has its ups. It has its downs. It's a little more, I think, in tune with the book. I, of course, they added a lot of shit for me, for I, backstory. I didn't even know there but... was a book. All I know is that I, I love Gene Wilder. And to me... His version is the one. Yeah. And you know what I like about that version? You don't know anything about Willy Wonka other than he was a recluse in his chocolate factory, mm-hmm. decided to have a contest, and then people saw him for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. They added backstory for him in the Tim Burton version, and I think it took away from the character. Yeah. That's you're like, possible. I, 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 don't I like the mystery, because maybe he's just a normal guy. Maybe. Or maybe he's demented. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. It goes either way, and Gene Wilder played it in a way where you don't really know. But you end up still liking the guy in the end. Yeah. And plus, Gene Wilder was all about fashion sense, and he worked really hard to make his look exactly how he wanted it to be. Yeah. And it worked out beautifully. What I was going to say before, we can continue with Gene Wilder here in a little bit. sorry, I But Missy Pyle was in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie as the mother of... Oh, that's right. The little girl that chewed gum, Violet Beauregard. Yeah. And she was good. She was one of the highlights in the movie. The other things, eh, hit or miss, you know, whatever. But yeah, she was good. She's good in everything I've seen her in. Disjointed is really, really, really good. Yeah. I'm I'm sad there's not going to be a part three, but we can hope that maybe another service will pick it up. You never know. Maybe Netflix will be like, hey, we had another show that hit really big, so we generated a lot of money for it. We can do a part three. My dad really never enjoyed um, Kathy Bates' character. He didn't care for yeah. the dipshits, but he... Dank and Dabby. Yeah, he, he really liked Kathy Bates. So I think it, it had an opportunity to reach not only older people, 
but everyone because yeah. it explains how it helps everyone exactly and it had some serious moments with carter and his ptsd from being in the military and uh, the love interest willie. of I think his name was willie What? Oh, the love interest. Yeah, I, I blanked for a second on who you were talking about. <laughs> so I was like, no, that was Carter who had PTSD. You're talking about the love interest of yes. Kathy Bates' character, Willie. Yes. He was a very good character. Yeah. His story was really good. Ugh, so heartbreaking. Ugh. Ugh. And then we're not going to know how that... I mean, we kind of know where it's going to go. Well, Which, I, you know I what? think they, they, they can just leave it as it is. Yeah. It's, because you know eventually what the outcome's going to be with his yeah, character. Yeah, but you but... don't need to see it happen. Yeah. So I, I like that it's romanticized, I guess. Yeah. But there was other things, like, I kind of wanted to know what was going to happen with Taekwon Doug and Pete uh, and his whole yeah. situation. Was he eventually going to, you know, snurf on, snurf on some derbs? the derbs. <laughs> he had the weirdest colloquialisms. Wow, big word. At 10.19, I threw out colloquialisms. <laughs> Late at night. PM. Yes. Yeah. I'm feeling all right, despite being up really early this morning. Yeah, but he had early. all these different ways of talking about smoking a joint or smoking weed. Yeah. It's so, snarfing some dart. It's so many different <laughs> things. It's like, you can't even keep track. But, uh, it was. it's a good show. If you have Netflix, watch Disjointed. Watch both parts. Watch them all the way through, back to back. Watch it's the Rick best Morty, way to... Watch uh, Santa Clarita Diet. Watch Orange is the New Black. Black, yes. Ooh. All four seasons? I Five? I think it's four. I think I we're going to have remember. a fifth. <sighs> anyway, all the seasons are on Netflix because <laughs> it's an original show. I'm going to say, if you're a comic book fan, watch the Marvel shit on there, too. Check out Daredevil. Check out Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, The Defenders, Punisher. So far, they're all good. I haven't got through Punisher yet, and I've started Jessica Jones Season 2. Well, we have. Because you ended up kind of liking the first yeah, season yeah, for what I it was. Yeah, I like it. I can watch it. It's not Supergirl, so you'll watch it. That's the one <laughs> thing I won't watch. She has a hang-up about it. I understand it completely. It's Calista Flockhart. I don't like her in that well, show. Well, I, I don't think she's in the third season. I it's think she's kind late. of in part season two, but I haven't got caught up, so... It's too late. Yeah. That show is dead to That's fine. I'm still going to catch up on it, and The Flash, and Arrow, mm -hmm. and Legends of Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And apparently Constantine is going to be on Legends of Tomorrow full-time now, and I'm so far behind... There's not enough time in the days to watch all these shows. No. But check out the ones we said. Orange is the New Black, Big Mouth, Disjointed, Santa Clarita Diet. I don't remember what else we even said, but there's a, there's a ton of stuff on of Netflix. Stuff. Check it out. I think that's going to wrap up this episode here. What is Are we going to talk about or, anything else that the podcast is going to be going over so we have reviews yeah um, movie tv movie, reviews TV, uh, i'll talk games. about video games that i'm playing um, 
We also like geeky stuff. We like D&D sometimes. Oh, yeah. We had game night for a while. We kind of would like to get back into it if we could find the right group of people. But yeah, we also have some card decks tough. that are a bit geeky, too. We have a couple of munchkins and... Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. I've got some Flux games. Batman Flux, Cthulhu Flux. You uh, also have that one movie trivia slash game. Slash Cards, the horror movie trivia game. That I think I bought you. Yeah, you did uh, for Christmas. That was a mistake. Well, there's a lot of stuff I don't know in that, and we no. should be able to play it. Yes. No. I am not the all-knowing horror guru. Okay. I know a bit, but... You got, like, 85% correct. While I think I got a couple correct, just like the wrestling game. <laughs> I thought, you know what? <laughs> I know a bit. I know a bit about wrestling. I might get lucky. No, I got one. To be fair, when we took that over to our friend's house that night, I ended up knowing a lot less than I thought because there's a certain there's a certain number era. there's a certain era yeah it's a number of years where I wasn't watching and a lot of questions fall in that time frame and I got no fucking clue <laughs> they're referencing wrestlers that were there for five minutes in my head or stuff that I have no idea happened so I don't know as much about wrestling no, but you beat me by a million, <laughs> and that's good enough for me. And as far as wrestling, we'll talk about that. I'm probably going to start talking a little bit more about some New Japan and maybe some other promotions, trying to expand my horizons. I grew up a WWF slash WWE fan, mm -hmm. so that's where my heart is deep down, but the fact that some of what they're putting out isn't as great as it could be is got me leaning towards other stuff. I know exactly what you mean. And you have to be captivating with this. You have to have good stories all around and it's definitely lacking. Yeah. I'm excited for WrestleMania. There's some good matches I want to see. It's just I don't have that same excitement it was when I was a kid. It's like, "Oh my god, it's WrestleMania. Oh, we're going to get to see it." I'm like, Cool, WrestleMania's around the corner. This should be fun. Or as a kid, it was mind-blowingly awesome. Now it's like, okay, this could go either way. But I'm still excited to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, that... Technology? Technology. We'll, we'll cover some things, you know, here and there. We're You're not going to go in-depth. Yeah. Microphones and cameras <laughs> and doodads and doohickeys. Yeah, I definitely like my, my gadgets. And we're Apple people. Yeah, definitely Apple people. I mean... No judgment. No judgment. I There's... Look, everyone has their preference. I was an Android person for a long time. Me too. And I've switched over. Some people say, oh, you drink the Kool-Aid, you're a sheep. Whatever, believe what you want to believe. Everyone has their preference. Our preference is Apple. I, you I mean, know, what's funny to me is the fact that I Android users bash Apple users all the time. And when I became an Apple person, it hurt my feelings <laughs> that they were being so nasty about yeah. the fact that I like this phone or this tablet. And I just want to say I don't judge Android users at all because it's more customizable. There are different plans. There are different carriers, different phones, different all kinds of stuff. 
So we absolutely do not judge. However, yeah. we're basically all Apple. Yeah. I mean, the computer I'm recording this on right now is a PC. It's yeah. a Windows 10 running PC. I have an iMac. Yeah. I have no issue with computers. Eventually, would I like to have an Apple computer? Of course. Is it going to happen anytime soon? Most likely not. But it doesn't mean that I don't understand the validity of having a PC over a Mac and vice versa. Agreed. Each one has its ups and downs. So everyone has their preference. There's a phone or a computer or a tablet for everyone. You like what you like. I like what I like. And you know what? That's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Unless you're an asshole, then... Fuck your opinion. <laughs> We're just fucking blunt, aren't we? <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll cover some tech things. You know, if I pick up something new, or if we hear about something that could be the next big thing, I'll definitely talk about my Nintendo Switch, which I mm -hmm. haven't been playing that much, and I need to play it more. I was thinking that today, actually. I noticed that your cover is very dusty. Yeah, I gotta hook it up to the TV and play some more. You do. Because Mario Odyssey is a badass game. If you have a Switch and haven't picked it up, get it. I mean, I still gotta get, like, Breath of the Wild, even though I am I was never a Zelda fan as a kid. But that stems from me not understanding the game. Well, I was a ca I'm a casual gamer. I'm not hardcore. Right. Like... I don't have all the consoles, and I don't have a PC gaming rig with all the newest stuff. I, I don't play computer... I don't play games on my computer. I do some. I have Steam. I've browsed. I haven't really played. But I have emulators for Nintendo and Super Nintendo. That's, that's where my gaming stemmed from. Atari. Oh, man, I loved the Atari growing up. But, yeah, that's basically what we're going to cover. Yeah. You know, if we hear about new movies coming up, new projects people have, we'll cover that. Not really news, per se, but we'll, we'll say this. It. Yeah, I will say this. No politics ever on this podcast. Thank you. Goodness. Oh, it yes. will not cross in here. And if we get feedback asking our opinions, I'm just going to politely decline, mm -hmm. and we're not going to touch on it. Yep. It's been dividing so many people, and we're not going to let that happen to us. I want this podcast to be for anyone to listen to. And maybe a bit friendly, happy. Yeah. You want people to listen, to have a good time, not to listen to a political podcast. Yeah, there's enough of those out there. If that's what you want, go find those. This is a fun, geek-centralized podcast. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Reviews are going to run the gamut. Mostly movies, but like I said, the other stuff will be thrown in. And it's just going to be fun. And hopefully you guys will enjoy it. That's all I can say. Because I don't know how this is going to gonna go out. How people are going to feel about it. Maybe they'll like the discussion aspect. Maybe they won't. But this is a loose first episode, sort of an introduction. We talked about a few things. Kind of give you an idea of where we're going to go. Uh, Skewered Universe is just that. It's a universe. It covers a lot of shit. And we're all going to go on this ride together. That being said, I kind of want to close this out 
with uh, some shout-outs, essentially, some thank yous. First off, I want to thank Leanne. That's me. Because she has been a huge influence on me to get this podcast together. Oh, shucks. I've wanted to do it for a long time, and she's kind of the final piece of the puzzle that fell into place. I'm amused. What can I say? You are. You got me the microphone that we're recording on I right did. now. That's right. You told me, you got this. You can do it. Mm-hmm. This is step one. You have the microphone. And now we're doing it. You have the voice. Now you have the microphone. Exactly. And I, I want to say thank you to the podcasts that I started listening to, these horror movie review podcasts. Uh, starting with the first one I listened to, Bloody Good Horror. And then Night of the Living podcast. I got into the now deceased, I guess would be the best way to put it, Drunken Zombie. Uh, they ended their show a couple years ago now, I believe. But that was a huge influence on me. Because they were just four friends, sometimes five, sometimes six friends, just having a good time talking about movies. Then I got into Talk Without Rhythm, which was hosted by El Goro and the Cancer Man in the beginning, and now just El Goro with co-hosts coming in every now and then. Those shows really kind of influenced me and made me realize that anyone can do this. So I want to thank those guys. I want to thank Brian Wolford of the Midnight Drive-In Podcast now, who was the guy who put together Drunken Zombie with his friends Wes, Dave, and Randy. Uh, I want to thank the Bloody Good Horror Crew for what they've done for years, which was an influence on me. Eric, Mark, Schnars, Casey, Joe. The NLTLP crew, from the crew in the beginning to who they are now. So many people. I want to thank El Goro from Talk Without Rhythm. He was one that was... He... He said something on one of his shows that really inspired me, that everyone has a voice, and everyone should be heard. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but that kind of got me realizing that I could do this, too. And now, several years later, I've finally done it. So, to those podcasts, thank you, and I'm still listening to your shows. I'm still listening. I'm still a fan, even though I have my own. Holy shit, I almost forgot one. Scream Queens. Patrick. How dare you. I can't forget. That is my fake baby daddy. Or I'm his fake baby daddy. There's a whole thing going on where you have this fake love child who is eating people. How dare you say fake? Okay, faux. Oh, no. (laughs) Make believe. I don't know. But he's a. He does a solo podcast too, much like El Goro does, and he's good at it. Give Scream Queens a listen. Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. It's it's an awesome show. He has this huge personality. So, to Patrick, thank you as well. I did not mean to leave you out. But, you know, some would say they save the best for last. Wasn't that a Diana Ross song? <laughs> Something like that. But, yeah, to those shows, thank you. To anyone listening, thank you. We'll have more episodes, and I hope you enjoyed your journey into the Skewered universe. And keep enjoying it.
And I got nothing else. I yeah, don't have good a job. Yay, first episode over. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> We're job. done. We're done. Keep enjoying this universe that's just a little bit skewered. And until next time. You'll yeah. figure it out. This yeah. is Jeff. This is Leanne. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. We're done. That's us. So keep an eye out for episode two. Uh-oh. Not sure what we're going to cover, but Scary. it will be interesting. Adios, people.